Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman. On today's episode, we have a special guest here. I'm so excited to do an interview. We are welcomed by Casey Stoney. She is English international and now head coach of the San Diego Wave Football Club. Casey Stoney, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You know, we were just talking about uh, with Jill Ellis about the the new name reveal, and we had a delightful conversation with her, delightful chat about it. Uh, really love the the football club angle of this for, for San Diego. Uh, but congratulations to you and joining us here on Attacking Third and joining the NWSL and the recent announcement of the club name. Uh, but uh, in, t- in terms of let's, let's start of this, this process of joining San Diego, uh, as the head coach, that was one of the, probably the first big announcements and big signings for this club that Jill Ellis landed her coach and it was Casey Stoney. Uh, talk to us how the process has been uh, linking up with this uh, with this new club. Yeah, obviously, um, I was in a previous role and I resigned from that. And I think Jill gave it about 10 days before she got in touch. Um and spoke about this opportunity, what they were trying to build, um, what the owner wanted to invest in, in terms of um, women's soccer, um, and the opportunity to work with Jill, number one, someone, you know, this there's very rare. I think she might be the only person that's ever won back-to-back World Cups, um, someone with, with that experience. And also, there's nothing like a blank canvas. You know, I did it at Manchester United where we started from scratch, and to have the ability to stand in a room with every single person in that room being in there because you've chosen them to be there um, is a really exciting opportunity. Um, I did a little bit of research on San Diego and um, I'll be honest, I, I didn't even know where it was when I first got the opportunity and my, my geography of America is improving as we go. Um, but it took to be out when I did the research and, and realized how, what a beautiful place it was and how incredible it was as a living experience. All in all, um, it was an opportunity. I just, I was so excited by I couldn't turn down and the opportunity to build something great here in this fantastic city. Um, and big part of, I think, is one of the most competitive, if not the competitive league in the world in women's football. Um, it was an exciting opportunity for me as a coach. Well, Casey, you've already started building. The most recent news uh, being announced today that the Monday after the NWSL championship and the season concluded um, is the signing of Wave FC's very first player, World Cup winner, U.S. Women's National Team player, three-time NWSL champion, 
defender Abby Dahlkamper. Uh, congratulations first for for the first player signing. Um, but why did you decide decide to sign Abby Dahlkamper? I think it's quite apt. I was a centre back, so for our first signing to be a centre back, I do believe you're building foundations on your defensive partnerships at the back and your goalkeeper and. To sign Abby was a massive, um, you know, get for us because not only has she got experience, I've watched her play in England as well because she was at Manchester City, so I've seen her in person. I think also her character is what I want in my environment. You know, she's positive, she's a good person, she wants the right things. And I think with the way we want to build the club and the environment we want to create, she was key to that. And I think she'll she'll bring leadership because of her experience, but she'll bring that positivity around the environment. And also she'll bring a huge amount of experience. And listen, she's a fantastic player. So to have her as a first signing is, is massive for us. Let's lean into that a, a little bit. Uh, speaking a little bit about coaching this, this player, having coached against her in uh, the FA Women's Super League. Uh, that uh, Again, a, another bit of news that we're excited to have, uh, you know, the, the broad, be broadcast partners with that league and, and get to show more of those games as well uh, across Paramount+. Plus. But your time with Manchester City, there was the derby that took place. Uh, you know, Abby coming into the fold. Uh, what was it perhaps maybe not getting into match day experience with her, but even maybe just doing scouting reports on a player like that uh, in the women's super league, what was it uh, that stood out or that you noticed about Doc Humber? I think it was a composure or ability to play. You know, I like center backs that can play through play round or play over and she can do all of those. She's got good range and distribution. She can defend one V one. You know, I think I would like to think once we get working with her, we can improve her even further and we want every player to come in our environment and want to learn and develop. So, you know, having watched her, yeah, analysed her closely when we played against them, she's just a real comfortable uh, player on the ball. And that was something that I wanted to bring is we want to be able to play. Uh, we want to, We want players that can make decisions and she's definitely one of those. Just to follow up real quick, I'm sorry. I, I also want to ask you that question, but also it's like and maybe in the player aspect as a former player yourself, is, is that type of player like so frustrating to play against when you have that player who's just annoyingly calm on the ball like that? Yeah, well, especially because I like to play a high pressing game. And if you play a high <laughs> pressing game against someone who's really composed, you can just step out that press or play around it or play through it. It can make it difficult. So yeah, I, I'd like to think when I played, I was calm and composed. I think it, it sets the tone for the team when you're building your attack. Uh, and that was why she was one of our key signings. Uh, Casey, you kind of touched on this a, a little bit, but you are the head coach of this brand new team and this brand new franchise that is truly a clean slate and you get to build it however you want. Um, and, and laying the foundation of first signing a center back. Like you said, I was a, a defender when I played um, and Sandra and I, we love defenders and we love defense here at attacking third. We talk about it all the time. So what does it say about the team and the franchise that you're looking to build uh, having a center back as your very per, per first person on the roster? I don't think it means we're going to be a defensive team. It means we're going to be defensively organized so that our front players can attack. You know, I believe in my philosophy is, is attacking football, but I leave, I believe that your attackers can only have the freedom to do that. If you have really strong foundations and those strong foundations come from your goalkeeper, your two center backs and the one that sits in front of them, then it frees up, you know, the tactical flexibility of everybody else to go and attack. So I'm, I'm a massive believer on, you know, sometimes you need the best goalkeeper, you need two really strong centre-backs, and hence why it's, it's fitting that a centre-back is, is our first signing. 
So it, it's almost lends to the fact that we could see another center back. You're already checking out other center backs, other goalkeepers that you're looking to join on your team. Yeah, we, listen, we'll be announcing more players very soon. Um, we've had really positive conversations. Contracts are being signed as we speak. Um, it's a really exciting time for us as a club. And we've been really keen to do our due diligence on all these players. It's not just about ability. It's about the characters that we're bringing to dressing room into the environment so that we can build things from the start. We want a, a positive, energetic, challenging. Um, but we want we want the right people on the bus on the journey with us to, to go where we want to go. You know, let's lean into that a little bit. Uh, and you mentioned a little bit earlier uh, that part of coming to San Diego was uh, a little bit learned just because of having that clean slate. And you've got that had that experience a little bit in, in Manchester uh, and now with San Diego. So let's lean into it and talk a little bit about uh, now having this first step with Abby Dahl Kemper at the club. Uh, what are those next steps when building the, the team in the franchise? Is it just continuing to to have those conversations with players, signing those contracts as we speak? Or, or is it it's just everything? Is it, you know, having conversations, not just about bringing those players in, but building culture and things like that? What Take us through the next steps of, of building from a clean slate. Absolutely. Well, you have to build from the ground up, don't you? And the top down, you know, it's a bottom, bottom up and top down approach in terms of, you know, I know Jill's taking care of the business side and making sure that that's all set up because there's a huge element to that that we need to bring. But my job is to take care of the soccer and the football and make sure that we've got the right pieces in place. That means staff, you know, first thing, right, who are my staff? Who am I going to have in my technical team, my performance team? Who do we want in the building that's going to support the players the best we can from a resource point of view? Training ground, what's that looking like? What are the plans? What do we need in place? When will it be ready? Ready, you know, when can we hit the ground? Even equipment orders, making sure that everything is in place so when the players come. It's me watching hours and hours and hours and hours on end of um, college soccer, you know, because we've got a draft coming up. It's watching the, the rosters from all of the, the teams when we go into the expansion draft to know where we want to target there, you know, and making sure that we do due diligence around their character, what they're going to bring to the team on and off the pitch, because we want to make sure that we have the right environment. We want to make sure that we're competitive from the off. You know, we, we do want to hit the ground running. We need to sign the right players to be able to do that. And we want to have a team that, you know, can get people out of their seats and excite people. You sure have been busy watching all of the college game and, and trying to prepare for this upcoming draft. And I'm sure that you watched this season of the NWSL. Um, and, and just last weekend, a new NWSL championship was named in the Washington spirit. Um, but so much throughout this current NWSL season and, and how everything unfolded and the, the progressions of clubs throughout this season. Um, for you, did you have Washington winning the championship? I actually went. I went to Lou, I went to Louisville and, and watched the game in person. I naively thought it was going to be warm and had to go and buy a coat. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an education for me over here. But to be honest, no, I didn't. I thought they were dark horses. You know, they really were. But actually, having watched them in person, they were probably one of the most defensively organised teams I've seen in terms of their their back four, especially. Um, and I think you know, defences win you championships, don't they? You know, and, and they've got some special players. They were a real team. I don't think there's too many individuals in there. I think they're a real team. It was a real team effort. Um, I watched a lot of, obviously, I was surprised that Portland didn't make it. I don't think they quite hit their rhythm in the semi-final and didn't quite click the way they would have wanted to. And also missing really big players in that moment, which can affect you, and especially late on in their preparation. 
Um, so no, um, but I thought both teams did brilliantly. It was a super competitive game. I did say as soon as it went to extra time, I thought Washington had too much, um, especially because they've got a special player like Rodman. You know, she can turn a game on its head. Um, but I thought they they were deserved really off the back of what they've done throughout the season, and then obviously the, the final. It was uh, it was a wonderful championship final event uh, with the third seeded team going up against the the fourth seeded team maybe a little bit of an unpredictable final that maybe people weren't expecting to watch but it was a real treat uh to be there and and, and to cover it uh when you yourself are looking at the current landscape of nwsl right now with the 10 teams competing uh, and then angel city and san diego joining the fold next year raising the level of clubs to, to 12 do you think that we're going to see even more of that uh, competitiveness into 2022 because a big narrative that was around the 2021 season was how narrow the table was for how long the season was. Uh, and it really came down to the final week with some championship, uh, with some uh, playoff uh, seeds not really be determined, uh, being determined until that final weekend of games. So is this just the arrival of San Diego? Does that just mean it's going to continue? You think in your opinion? Yeah, I think that's the, that's the hope and that's that's up for up to us to build and make sure that we are competitive, you know, and I know LA will be thinking the same. They'll be wanting to go into it, you know, hitting the ground running as well. So I think you bring in two teams in that hopefully will play exciting football that will challenge. But I think that's unique about this league. You know, I worked in Europe and I've, I've recruited from Europe and I've watched Europe a lot. And very rarely do you get that many teams until the last one weekend competing to get into you know that those top positions normally you're kind of top four three maybe you also get big score lines in Europe which you don't tend to get in the NWSL so it shows you the players over here compete for every single ball uh, the mentality is unbelievable um, and that's that's something that excites me as a coach is right okay how can I find the difference here what where are the areas we can exploit how can I be tactically flexible and astute in these games to make a difference so that we can get the results and get the wins as Sandra said two new teams coming in um, both in California you with San Diego of course and then Angel City have you thought about that rivalry any any cup names there is it going to be called the California Cup what are you thinking well I was actually sat with Freya at the game on the weekend. <laughs> Um, and the rivalry hasn't started yet, but you know, it's interesting because I was sat with one of their owners and they texted her and said, Can you come over? And she wasn't sure she was going to get over. And she said, Oh, well, it's okay, you can meet them when we beat them. And I was like, All oh, right, okay. this is how it's going to be, is it? So, yeah, it, listen, I'm used to derbies in England, you know, used to kind of that rivalry at Manchester United. We had kind of Man City and also Liverpool when we played them, there was big rivalries. So, I think that's exciting. I think that's something the fans can get really excited about, get really engaged about. Hopefully we can get big crowds and we can really bring that, you know, bring that excitement into the league. There's also been a lot of discussion um, about the fact that it is going to be two new teams, but that they're two California teams. And yes, there's already a lot of talk about the regional rivalry, but uh, let's like, we always like to end our, our, our interviews with a, a bit of fun. And you also mentioned that uh, you have been learning how vast and large this country is geographically. Uh, but you know, when it's, when we're centering in on these, on these two teams and talking about the rivalry, there's also other things that come into play uh, with a, the, the bit of banter. So are there things about San Diego culture that you are like most proud of and like excited to tell, like we always hear like food culture is a big thing and, and a bit of better. What are maybe some, some fun foods or some, some local spots that you've enjoyed while getting to know the San Diego area? 
Well, the fact that we're so close to Mexico, you know, I love Mexican food. So that for me is, is a huge Same. plus. <laughs> and a, a huge plus, although I did get stopped and searched at the Mexican border trying to get over. So that wasn't as much fun. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that we have sunshine all year round, you know, we have weather that people can't compete with. We have a coastline that is amazing and beautiful. And, you know, when I'm speaking to players, I'm genuinely, I come from Manchester. We needed to live with a brolly like 24 seven, you know, to come here. It is absolutely one of the most incredible places you can live in the world. So I think we have a one up there definitely um, when it comes to, you know, living in Portland in the rain. Hey, it sounds like a great pitch. Uh, I would say yes in a heartbeat. Just sold on the Mexican food alone uh, because I always love that. But uh, this has been a delight. Uh, Head coach, San Diego head coach, Casey Sony, we want to thank you for joining us. We want to thank all of our listeners, as always, for, for listening. Uh, we're looking forward uh, to so much more from, from San Diego Wave FC. A uh, quick reminder to everyone to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to podcast shows. And we will be back with another episode for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman and Casey Sony. This was Attacking Third.